let's do this. Okay, let's, let's get into this. Um, so I'm excited to share a word with you guys today. Um, I've had this word for a while. Actually, I was uh, getting ready for church one day when um, this kind of came to mind, and I just started thinking about it and started to talk to God about it. Um, and then I just brought it up to my husband, and I told him, look, this is what I've been thinking, and I feel like God is really, like, talking to me about this. What do you think? And he's like, I think it's good. <laughs> and I said, okay, I think it's great. No, he, he said it was awesome, so he gave me the thumbs up for this message. It's approved. So before we get into it, why don't we pray? Um, we like to pray here. As much as, commun- as much communication as we can get with God is, is, is great. I'm not making total sense, but let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just thank you so much, God, for what you've, what you've done today, God. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing with this church, Father, with this growing family, God. I thank you so much, Lord, for every single person here, God. I just ask, Lord, that we all receive from you, Lord, that we receive what you want us to receive, Lord, that you just speak to us today, God, that you just give me your words, Lord, so that I can deliver them, Lord, to to your people, God, and that we may just grow in our knowing and understanding of you, that we would just continue to get closer to you, Lord, and, and that we continue, Father, to just live fulfilled by you, Lord. I thank you, God, for for what you're going to do, Lord. I know you're going to do great things, Lord. So I thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Okay, so my sermon today is called uh, Stay in Your Lane. Can you guys say stay in your lane? I don't know how to say that in Spanish. Quédese en su carril. There you go. My trips to Mexico when I was a kid worked. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's called Stay in Your Lane, and um, we're going to read from Galatians, so if you guys want to meet me there, and I'm going to be reading from the message version. So I'm going to read Galatians chapter 6, verse 4 and 5. You guys all there? Cool. Everyone's there? Amen. Amen. Okay. Amen. Gracias. So it says, make careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given, and then sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. Let's read that one more time. Wasn't that good? I want to read it again. Um, make, a, make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given, and then sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. Amen? Cool. I want to kind of break this verse down into parts, if you guys would want to go on this journey with me. Um, and this is part one, if you're taking notes. So um, the first part of this verse says, make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given. So we'll stop there. Make, care- make careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given. How many of you guys know that it's important that you know who you are? By a show of hands. Okay, 
Cool. We all know that. It's important for us to know who we are. Like, it's very, very important. If we don't know who we are, then there's a good chance that we won't know what we're meant to do here. And there's a good chance that we won't feel useful, that we won't feel purposeful here in this world, here on this earth. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever felt like that, but I have felt like that. Not recently, but, you know, before. Um, and even sometimes recently, I think I, fe- I have felt like that. But um, I have felt sometimes like, God, you know, what's my purpose here? What am I doing here? You know, what, what am I meant to do in this world? I, sometimes I feel like I'm not doing enough or, or I'm not good enough to do all of these things. And really, like, what it comes down to is it comes down to knowing who you are and knowing yourself. If you don't know who you are, then it's, it's going to be really, really hard, really, really difficult for you to be able to know what you're meant to do. So sometimes in order for us to figure out who we are, we tend to, we tend to do a lot of stuff. We tend to venture off and uh, try to basically try different things, um, whether they may be hobbies, you know, you collect ants, you collect coins, like you collect bottles, I don't know, <laughs> whatever, you collect pins. <laughs> I saw the one. <laughs> um, whatever it is that you collect, you collect something. You collect pop, pop dolls? Pops, Funko Pops, you collect Funko Pops, you collect different types of things. You know, that could be, you know, you trying to kind of figure out what you like, or you explore with your fashion. You know, one day you're like a skater, the next day you're like a business person and <laughs> wearing suit and ties, and then the day after that you come to church in like a ball gown, and then the next day you come in sweat and like running gear. So you like experience, like experiment with like your fashion. You know, or at school, you're constantly, like, changing your major. You know, let's say you started and you're like, I'm going to be a, a, a business law lawyer. Like, that's what I'm going to be. But then, like, next semester, you're like, I'm going to be a TV producer. <laughs> and then the next, the next semester, I'm going to be a veterinarian. So, you know, you're trying, like, a lot of different things that are so different from each other. Like, there's no, there's no similarities in those things. You know, you go from right to left um or like jobs you know like you start working at mcdonald's and then you go work at like i don't know somewhere that's not mcdonald's and you know you just you're trying out so many things you know you're venturing into different areas and they're completely different from each other they're not related usually when you feel or if you find yourself doing those things it's because you don't know who you are yet and you're still kind of trying things out to discover who you are even here at church, you may start serving with kids, and then you say, maybe I want to serve with sound, or maybe I want to serve with projectors. And, like, maybe you don't like kids, but you say, let me just try it because I might end up liking them. I don't know, like, but you're, you're trying to discover who you are. And all of that is okay. Like, it's okay for you guys. It's okay for us to try different things. But the thing is, is that there has to be an end result. Like, we can't live life searching and trying to discover what it is that we like or who it is that we are. Amen? We have to kind of find it. Um, Constant change is not good for growth. Like if there's a constant change in your life, you're not giving room for growth. Like a child, 
a child needs stability. A child needs, you know, some sort of structure and, and similar surroundings. Because if, if you put a child in, in this, this really bad environment where things are always changing, then that child is going to grow up with, like, no, ba- like no, no solid structure in life. The same with us. You know, if, if we're always changing, if we're always changing up our, our, um, our jobs, if we're always changing up everything that we like to do, there's no growth for us in that because we stay in one area for one moment and we don't stay there enough for roots to take in, for roots to grab hold of anything. So there's no, there's no growth. How can we sprout out to be a tree and then, you know, produce fruit if we're constantly, like, changing and not staying in one place? And, you know, if you're not doing that, if you're not staying in a place, if you find yourself constantly moving, it's because you don't know who you are yet. And that's okay. Like, there's no age limit or age requirement where, like, let's say by, like, 40, you have to know who you are. Like, it doesn't always happen like that. You can be 175 years old, and (laughs) you might not know who you are. But the point is, is that God wants you to know who you are. Obviously, the sooner the better, but God is there for you to guide you through it all. Amen? Um, So you may ask, okay, Cynthia... You know, you're telling me that change isn't good all the time, that I have to kind of, like, put down roots. But how do I do that? Like, how do I discover who I am? Like, how do I get to know me? Well, I know you guys were all asking that question, by the way. Um, The way that we discover who we are is we discover God. If we get to know God, then we get to know us. If, If we seek God and we seek him out, then through that seeking of him, you'll discover who you are. Because you know what that'll do? Thank you. (laughs) That will create, um, it creates relationship. It creates communication with your maker. And who better to help you find who the heck you are than the one who made you? Doesn't that make sense? Like if I feel lost, if I feel like, God, I don't know what I'm doing in life. Like, I don't know. Can I be like a professional Netflix watcher? Um, You know, is that something? (laughs) Um, You know, but like, we can't be professional Netflix watchers. Um, So we we have to do other things. And in order for us to figure out what it is that we're meant to do, we need to go to our maker. He's the one that made you. He created you. He knows everything about you. He knows what you like and what you don't like before you know it. So if you want to know yourself, if, if you're sitting in this room today and you think, you know what, maybe I don't know who I am entirely. You know, maybe I'm still struggling with, with knowing who I am and knowing what I'm called to do. Well, if that's you, then what you should do is you should go to God and, and, and discover more of him. Seek him more. The more you seek him, the more you know his voice, the more you can hear him, the more you understand what, he, what it is that he's trying to tell you. He doesn't want you to live a life like a life that's, that's lost. He doesn't want you to live wandering around, not knowing like your left from your right. Like he wants you to be firm, planted on him, knowing what direction you're going in. He doesn't want you lost. He wants you found because he has found you already. So if you feel lost, go to him, and he'll help you get back to where you belong. Amen? Cool. So the other part of this verse, so it says, Make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given, and then sink yourself into that. So 
you can't sink yourself into your calling if you don't know who you are. So do you see, like this verse makes so much sense in life. You discover who you are, discover what your call's for, and then sink yourself into that. That makes sense? Let's go to um, Second of Timothy. And it's going to be chapter 1, verse 11. You guys there? Okay. So this verse says, This is the message I've been set apart to proclaim as teacher, I'm sorry, as preacher, emissary, and teacher. Um, it's also all the cause of this trouble I'm in, but I have no regrets. I couldn't be more sure of my ground. The one I've trusted in can take care of what he's trusted me to do right to the end. So, guys, this is Paul. And um, Paul, what he's saying is he's saying that he's a preacher, he's an emissary, and he's a teacher. But he's saying, look, this is, he's saying, this is what I'm called to be. I'm called to be these things. And sometimes these things have gotten me into trouble. But I'm sure of the ground that I'm standing on. I'm sure of, of, of this being my calling. If we want to put ourselves just in his time, you know, in, in this time, what's happening with Paul is there's a message of Jesus that's, that's trying to be shared with the world. And Paul is one of those people that happens to be one of the messengers to share this Jesus message. So what the people, what the religious people and the Roman people and just people of this time, what they want to do is they want to stop this message. So imagine your job is to be a messenger of a message that people don't want you to spread. So it, it might get pretty tough. You know, it might be kind of hard. You know, Paul was beaten. He was imprisoned. He was chased. Like, he suffered hunger. He went through a lot of bad stuff. And he's saying, I have no regrets. And usually, we don't regret good things unless they led us into bad things. Um, but usually, we regret bad stuff. And Paul is saying, I have no regrets. Like, this calling, like, this, this thing that I've been called for has gotten me into trouble. Like, it's gotten, into, it's gotten me into all these messes, but I don't regret a single one. Because this is who I'm called to be. It says, I couldn't be more sure of my ground. And then it says, the one I've trusted in can take care of what he's trusted me to do right to the end. So again, we don't give ourselves our callings. God gives us our callings. Like, God gives us our mission. So he, like, we can trust in him. He's the one that's going to see to it or help us see to it that that mission is completed, that we achieve the goal that he set before us. Amen? Cool. So let's go back to Galatians 6. You guys there? Verse 4? Okay. So it says, make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given, and then sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself with others. So this part is uh, a second part, and um, we're going to focus on comparison. Because this verse says, don't be impressed with yourself and don't compare yourself to others. But it really comes down to comparison. Like, whether you're impressed with yourself or you compare yourself to others, like, being impressed with yourself is still a, a form of comparing yourself to someone else. When you compare yourself, you either overqualify yourself or disqualify yourself. 
you overqualify yourself because you place yourself in a position of you're higher, you're greater, you're better than the other one. For example, um, you know, somebody could be up here speaking and you can be out there thinking, why is that person speaking? Don't, doesn't everybody know that I'm the best speaker here? Like, doesn't Mario know that I am the most anointed one of this church? Like, I should be preaching every, th- every Sunday. Like, it should be me all the time because I'm the best speaker. So what you're de- doing there is you're, you're comparing yourself, but you're putting yourself in this place of being better than everyone else. And that's not good because what happens is not only are you hurting yourself because you're depriving yourself from receiving from God, but you're, you're hurting yourself in the long run. You're not going to grow because you, you think you're already there. So how can you grow? How can you get better when you think you're already the best? It, it's going to be tough for you. You disqualify yourself, on the other hand, and this is what disqualifying yourself looks like. You see somebody and you see, wow, they're such a great speaker. Or, wow, like Waldo is like the best usher. Like I wish I was as good as Waldo at ushering. He is like the best dressed. You know, he's so awesome. He has the best hair. I'm never going to have hair like Waldo. And so you think, you know what? Like I'm not as good as that person. And if I'm not as good as that person, then maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe this isn't for me because I don't do this as great as that person. We're both doing the same thing, but he just does it so much better. Like they just do it with such pizzazz and I don't have pizzazz. I don't even know how to spell pizzazz. Like I don't pizzazz. (laughs) I pazoo. No, I don't know what that is. But um, you think like I'm not that great. So I, I just, I might as well just give up. Like I should just find another calling. Maybe I can be like a sitter and just sit and listen. <laughs> but either way, you know, you're, you're overqualifying yourself or you're under, under, no, disqualifying yourself. And either one is not good. Or you put yourself in a, posi- in a position of like you're fake humble. You get what I mean? Like, oh, no, it's, it's just I'm just so humble. I'm just not as good. And that's okay. You know, I'm not as good as that person. And that's okay. You know, I'll just do my little thing right here. And that's okay. You know, however it comes out, it's okay. Like, I'm, I'm just humble. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just blessed to be here. If God uses me, God uses me. If God doesn't use me, then it's okay. And no, you're being fake humble because nobody wants to not be used. Like, we all want to be used. I don't want to come up here and say, well, God kind of used me. No, I want to come up here and say, God freaking used me. <laughs> yeah, I get excited sometimes. I get that from my husband. Um, so that can happen sometimes. You know, we, we compare ourselves, and comparing ourselves is so bad. Can you say comparing? Can you tell your neighbor? Uh, can you tell your neighbor? Don't compare yourself. <laughs> tell them, don't compare yourself to me. <laughs> um, so yeah, comparison is, is so bad, and it doesn't get you anywhere. It doesn't get you to figure out who you are. So I have a story for you guys. So um. I get to um, I get to lead, which is an awesome honor. I'm not being fake humble. Uh, <laughs> I get to lead our media department, which is awesome. And um, 
as that as doing that, sometimes, you know, I research into like different churches to see what they're doing and just kind of, you know, see what's up. And um, I found myself comparing. And I would compare what we did, like media-wise, to what like other churches did media-wise, like with social media, with like their design and just the stuff that they would put out there. I would find myself comparing us, what we were doing, what my, what my team was doing with them. And then one day, like, I just, I just saw, like, you know what, I just, it feels like I just can't keep up. Like, it feels like we can't keep up, or it feels like maybe we're, like, a step behind. And I remember telling Mario, like, I, I want certain things to look this way, because look at how theirs look. Like, theirs looks that way. And ours doesn't, it seems like it's not, like, it's not catching up. Like, it seems like it's not good enough. And I started thinking, like, why is it not good enough? Until God spoke to me and he said, why are you comparing yourself to that? Like, they've been established for 30 years. They have, like, 50 people in their team. Like, just in one team, 50 people. Like, we barely have 50 people as a whole church. (laughs) Do you guys all want to join my team? (laughs) Um, So... It, I, was, I was really hurting myself by comparing myself to these big-name churches. God, God said to me, he said, you know, you don't have the same resources. You may be called for the same calling or a similar calling, but you don't have the same resources. Like, they have, like I said, more people, like, more, like a lot more years, like just more things that they can utilize to get them these results. But don't downplay the results that you have just because you're not there. And it got me thinking about, like, I just started thinking about this. So let's, let's just pretend with me, okay? I have a 1999 Honda Civic. Yes, it's awesome, a little car. Um, if I drive on the freeway <laughs> right now, my car can probably go, like, a whopping 60 miles an hour. It's really fast, I know. Um, it can probably go 60 miles an hour, and it starts shaking. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, my poor little car, that's what it can do right now. You know, when I first got it, I can drive like 120 miles an hour. I did. Don't do that, but I did it. It wasn't good. But, you know, I can push it a little bit more, and I can maneuver and, like, change lanes and, like, cut pe- No, not cut people off. I never did that. But, um, you know, I could do more with it. I can't compare my 1999 Honda Civic to, like, David's, what is it, like your 2016-15, whatever. Let's say 2016 Honda Civic. Like, how can I compare those two? Can you imagine, like, you have a new Honda, right, and it can go fast? I'm saying Honda because they're kind of similar. You know, I know there's faster cars like a Maserati, but whatever. We're sticking to Honda. Um, So, yeah, like, imagine me driving my Honda Civic going 60 miles an hour, and in the next lane, you have, like, a 2016 Honda Civic going, like, double my speed. And can you imagine me, like, come on, Honda, you can do it. Like, can you imagine me, like, trying to get my car to go faster? My poor little car. Like, (laughs) I'm going to run it to the ground. It's not fair for my car. How can I do that to my car? It's, it's not, you know, that much newer. It's, it's what it is. And what God was saying is he was saying, in my illustration in my head when I was thinking about this, he was telling me, but you're not going to put your car down. You're not going to think, oh, you dumb car. Like, 
go faster. Don't shake as much. Like, I can't do that to my car because that's just what my car is doing right now. I need to appreciate my car. Because let's say both the new Honda and my Honda, we're both going to the same destination. Yeah, this new Honda might get there faster, and I might get there slower, which means I may have to do different things. Like, maybe I need to, like, get ready earlier so that I can leave earlier because I won't get there in 20 minutes. I'll get there in an hour. So there's certain things that I'm going to have to do to work within what I've been given. Are you guys following me, or am I just... Okay, good. So I have to do different things to work with what I've been given, and I need to appreciate it. I need to appreciate the fact that I have a car that can get me from A to B and sometimes C on a good day. And we need to just be grateful for that and not be ungrateful. So that's what God was saying. He's saying, you know, you have to appreciate what you have and do the best with what you have right now. Because who knows, maybe in a year from now, I'll get a, a new car and I can go a little bit faster. But right now, this is what I have. This is what I have to work with. So I need to work with what I have. If I'm not going to work with what I have right now and stay stuck on, if I only had that, if I only had this, I could do so much better. Then what's going to happen is I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to stay stuck thinking about what I can do instead of doing something with what I have right now. Does that make sense? And that's why comparison just sucks. It's not good. It's, it, we have to stay in our lane. So with that, let's go to Deuteronomy. Uh, Deuteronomy 5, verse 32. You guys there? Cool. Okay. So it says, verse 32 says, So be very careful to act, as, to act exactly as God commands you. Don't veer off to the right or to the left. Walk straight down the road God commands. So you'll have a good life and live a long time in the land that you're about to possess. That's awesome, right? Okay, so I, I'm very visual. So I'm going to paint a lot of pictures today. Um, so get excited for this next picture. So the way that when I read this and when I was preparing for this, the way that I saw it is I saw a forest and um, I saw pathways in this forest. And there's like different pathways. Like one went like this, one went like that, and one went like that. I saw three. I don't know why. But I saw three pathways. And I saw... Like, I saw myself, and I saw, like, I'm supposed to walk this way. And there's other people that are supposed to walk that way. It doesn't mean that mine is better. It's just different ways. So when we're walking, when we know who we are, when we know what we're called to do, and when we sink ourselves in it, what that looks like is it looks like us walking down this path. And what's awesome about this is that our eyes are on Jesus Christ. Like, my eyes are on Jesus because not only did he make me, but he called me and he gave me purpose. So I'm going to keep my eyes on him because he's like my north star kind of thing. He's like my navigation. Like, I get my guidance, my destination. I get everything from him. He is the source. So I'm going to keep my eyes on him. But what happens sometimes is that we take our eyes off the path that we're on and we put them towards 
the other path that someone else is on. And we compare ourselves. But what happens, this happens especially, like, I've seen it happen where, like, someone's doing something so great. Like, let's say you're, have, have any of you guys ever been, like, really inspired by somebody? Yeah? Um, when I was, like, a preteen, maybe teenager, um, I was inspired by this dance choreographer. His name is Wade Robson. And uh, you know him? He's, do you know him? He's awesome. So I was really inspired by him. And I just thought he was awesome. He was, like, the best. And um, I read his story, and I got to know what he was about. And I was just so inspired by him. And, like, I, I really like to dance. Like, I've been dancing since I was a, since I was a little girl. Um, and so when I saw him, I thought, oh, you can dance for a living? Wow, like, I want to dance for a living. So I would, like, try to, like, I wanted to be a professional choreographer when I was, like, 13 years old. And I thought, well, you know, what? he did it. And, you know, he started off as a background dancer. So I'm going to start as a background dancer because I figured, like, he's successful. He must have a formula. So I'm going to follow his formula to attain what he has, his success. So I remember having conversations with my dad and telling my dad, Dad, I want to be a background dancer. And my dad would just look at me like, like with such disappointment in his face. And he would be like, why do you want to be in the back? Like, why are you like shooting for the back? Why don't you shoot for the front? And I would be like, I don't want to be in the front. I want to be in the back. (laughs) And uh, I would tell him, I want people to dance to my moves. No, like I want to be a background dancer and then a choreographer and then you'll see. But he was just like, you're so weird. Um, But that was my dream at the time because I was so inspired by Wade Robson. Like, I just thought he was so awesome. And at the time, I, I, I was 13, you know, I didn't know what my path was. But I set my eyes on somebody else's path and was so inspired by them and compared my life to theirs and thought, I want my life to look like their life. You know, I don't really want to look into what my life is going to look like because their life looks so great. Just give me one of those. Like, whatever they're having, give me that plus three. And um, so we take our eyes off of our own path, and we put them on somebody else, especially, like, when they're so successful. Like, for me, sometimes, um, I don't know if this happens for my husband, but what has happened to me sometimes, and I'm going to be real with you guys, um, like, I've seen other pastors or, like, um, just other churches, and I think, like, Wow, like, they're doing such amazing things. Like, what they're doing is so awesome. What's their formula? Like, what do you do? Like, do you pray Mondays or do you pray Tuesdays? Like, how do you get your results? And, um, you know, like, I kind of want to, like, follow their path because they are living what I think is a successful life. But what happens when we do that is we, we take our eyes off of God and we put our eyes off of, off, we put our eyes on another person. And instead of being guided by what God is asking us to do, we begin to be guided by what God has asked someone else to do. And what happens with that is that we are never going to get the success that that person has. Because that success or, or, or those things that they're achieving are not meant for us to achieve. We have our own set of things to achieve. But what they're achieving we're trying to strive for it, and we're trying our best to keep up and, and run and do, but we're never going to get there because we're not them, and, that, and, our, and their calling is not our calling. 
So we're never going to do what they do because God has made them to do the things that they do, how they do them. And us, the way that we're supposed to do it. Did that confuse anybody? No? Okay, great. So that's what's bad about putting our eyes on someone else. That's what's so bad about comparison. Comparison is the worst thing that you can do for yourself. Don't compare yourself to others. Know who you are. If you're comparing yourself, you, you probably need to kind of go back into the drawing board with God and just kind of have him reassure you of who you are and what you're called for and why you're so awesome. Amen? Did you guys know there's about 6 billion people on earth? That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. Did you guys know that? I didn't know that. I thought like 1 billion. But there's 6 billion people on earth. And I was thinking, like, there's so many people. But what's so amazing is that not one is just like the other. Like, everybody on this earth is different. Like, even twins. Twins may look the same, but they're not the same. Like, has, have you guys ever met a set of twins? I have. They're not the same. They're different people. Like, they look the same, and they may dress the same sometimes, but they're, they're so different. They're not the same. They, they may be good at different things. And, and I was thinking, God, you're so awesome. Like, you made all of these people. And, yeah, we look the same, and some of us may even overlap in our callings. Like, this church, for example, we have a lot of people that get up here and speak. We, call, we have a lot of people up here that have the gifting of speaking. We have a lot of people who have the gifting of, like, leading worship. And they have a similar calling, but they don't do it the same. It's different. And I just thought that's so awesome how God, his intention was not to create replicas or copies of each other. But he wants originals. And what we do when we compare is that we rob we rob other people of what God intended for us to bring to the table. Because what he intends for us is different from what, sorry, what he intended for me is different than what he intended for you. And in order for this church, let's just speak about this church. In order for this church to get to where it needs to get to, you need to be you. So that we can do our thing. Amen? Okay, so I just want to talk a little bit more about comparison because... Comparison is something that I don't know if you guys deal with, but, you know, I've, I've, deal with it. I've dealt with it. Um, how many of you guys know the story of Saul and David? Hands? Yeah? Cool. So Saul and David, right? Why did Saul hate on David? He was jealous. But I remember in the Bible there's this song that these people started singing. I don't remember exactly, like, every lyric or, like, every word, but it said, like, uh, you know, Saul has killed his ten thousands, but David has killed his hundreds of thousands. Like, David is better than Saul, basically. So what the people of Israel started to do is they started to compare David and Saul to each other. Like, let's say that Saul didn't even compare himself to David at this moment, but people started comparing them to one another. So sometimes it's not only us but others. So don't compare anybody to anybody else. It's not usually just about you sometimes. Like, because, you know, I've been saying, like, we compare ourselves, but sometimes we compare other people. Like, you know what? I like when Kevin preaches because he's so, like, awesome in his stories. Like, the other, like, not the other day, but a while back, Kevin and I, we, um, we got to kind of tag team on a Bible study. And I read his notes, and I read my notes, 
Look at, look at my notes. Like, these are my notes. Kevin's notes are, like, amazing. His notes are, like, so organized. And it's, like, a little point here and, like, everything out and then space. And then something else and then a space. Like, it's, it's so awesome to look at. Like, that's the way he prepares. And when he sent me his notes, I saw them and then I saw my notes. And I thought, dang, like... <laughs> Can I just, I just kind of wanted to gravitate to his notes. His notes made so much more sense. Like, they were so organized. But, yeah, you know, we, it's, we just do things differently. And with Saul and David, um, people started comparing them to one another. And that wasn't good either because it got Saul to be Saul. Think, like, I was thinking about this. I thought, would Saul have ended up the way that he ended up? Had he not been compared, had he not been awakened to all of these feelings that the people made him see, not even himself, but the people brought it to his attention. The people made him feel like that. I thought, freaking people. (sighs) So it's okay to be inspired by others, but not to compare or not to strive to be like them. People, th- people thrive when they know who they are and they're walking in their calling and they have their eyes focused on God. And that's why people are inspiring. If you see somebody that inspires you, there's a good chance that they figured out who they are, they figured out what they're called to do, and you best believe that they have a really strong relationship with God and a clear vision of him. And maybe not exactly where they're going all the time, but they have a, the, a vision of him. And that's all that matters. Because as long as he knows where I'm going, then it's good. But if you see somebody that you find inspirational or you feel like, wow, that person just has it so together. Or that person is just so successful. There's a good chance that they know who they are. So it's very important that you know who you are. It's good to have hobbies. It's good to like different things. But not everything that we like is our calling. Does that make sense? I love to sing in the shower. I'm a professional shower singer. But I'm not going to come up here and lead worship like I lead in the shower. (laughs) I'm the best leader of myself of worship in the shower. But here, I'm going to leave that to the professionals. And I'm going to appreciate them for being able to do that. You guys get what I'm saying? I may like it and enjoy it, but because I like it and enjoy it doesn't mean that I have to do it as a calling. The same with us. Like, that's why I'm telling you, like, when you know yourself, you're like, yeah, I like that, but I don't think I like it like that. (laughs) Or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I like that, but I don't know if I'm, like, called for that. You, You figure those things out when you know yourself. Because, again, I'm gonna say this again. Because this is really what I wanted you guys to, to know is that it's okay to have hobbies. It's okay to have pastimes. But not, they're not always going to be what you're meant to do. Like those things aren't always going to be what you're called to do. It's okay to do them. But it's important for us to, to really discover who we are and what we're called to do. Because when we find out where that is and who we are and what we're meant to do, you're going to take off because you're going to be so in your element. You're going to be so in, like, your, your natural, like, I don't know, your, the way you were created to be. 
something happens when, when those things align, when you know you, you know what you're called to do, and you do it. Like something amazing happens, and you just take off. And so that's really what I wanted to do today is like encourage you guys to find that, to, to figure that out with God. Partner with God because he wants you to know those things. And in, it's, not, it's never too early or it's never too late. If you, like I said earlier, you can be five or you can be 500 and God still wants to help you figure it out. So be very careful to act exactly as God commands you. Don't veer off to the right or to the left. Walk straight down the road God commands so that you'll have a good life and live a long time in the land that you're about, that you're about to possess. We're meant to live from glory to glory. And this is what I think about when I read this. You know, when we figure out who we are and we're walking and we, we don't veer off to the right or left, we're going to have a good life because we're going to live purposeful and happy. And we're going to go from this point to the next point, from this glory to the next glory. So it's going to be so awesome for you and for me. Make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given and then sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility, responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. So once you figure everything out, it's up to you to steward all that stuff so that you can take off. Obviously, God's going to be there. But if you're unwilling, God's not going to force himself on you. So it's up to you to be willing and responsible and do it. Amen? Amen.